0: But yeah, that, that voice is just, it's just, and I recognize this is not a great Bernadette. i just theater.
1: a hot little baby. But it's Bernadette, Peters. Have you ever been so sexy it hurts? Have you ever been so sexy you feel like a baby? Into the woods. Oh. Bernadette, Peters. Goo goo Gaga. I was talking to Steve, hold on.
0: Steven Sondheim. This is good. <laughs> <laughs>
1: You had me at HELL NO!
0: Welcome to you had me at hell no. I'm Allie and
1: I'm Mel.
0: And welcome to our podcast where we watch romance movies and Thank try to you. figure out why.
1: Yes, we do. We we have many research questions. <laughs> uh, the main one is why, as women, do we love a genre that hates us so much, even though it is marketed almost exclusively to us?
0: Mm-hmm. And also, why is why 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 are they so bad? To yet
1: so good, like. For for two people who don't like romance, you and I have seen an unholy amount of romance. I know, movies. and
0: we really don't seek them out necessarily. Like they aren't our relaxation movies. Melanie, what do you like to watch to relax?
1: I love horror mm-hmm. so much. Um, What's a recent horror film you saw? Uh, I'm trying to think. I feel like I watched one. I don't remember it though. Oh. That I mean, it clearly wasn't important. Wow. But that's me. I usually watch that spooky shit. Allie, what do you like to watch for fun? Ooh, I love an action movie
0: where it's like, we're friends, and that's why we're doing all these stupid-ass stunts together. You think I would like Jackass, but I don't. Um, It stresses me out. Um,
1: that makes I, sense for you, though. I love
0: friendship, but I hate pain. Um, Recently, I watched two. I'd never seen a Mission Impossible movie before because I don't care for Tom Cruise. Also, it seems like there have been eight of these movies. I feel like the missions are pretty possible.
1: Hey! Um, Hot take! No nuance, November! Aye. Has come to an end!
2: Yeah,
0: yeah! Um, I will say they were very fun. I watched the one with um Jeremy Renner, which was fine. And then I watched the one with Henry Cavill. My and, wow. Um <laughs> I was uh um, <laughs> care to elaborate for the class Woo. Uh, cause I'm well,
1: not going to watch that movie but uh, well, uh,
0: there's the fights are incredible there's a fight in the in a bathroom that is really amazing and also Henry Cavill gets ready to fight and there's like a million gifs of it on the internet but he like he he stretches and he loads his arms as if they are guns. He like does he, he like cocks his arms. He, yeah, it's the it's, it's like boom boom so we can get ready to punch. Okay. And then he just punches and boom boom punches and he punches has a, his way to our hearts. He has a mustache. And um and then this is not at all what we're talking about, but I'm gonna spend a little bit more time on it. Henry Cavill, good job, but I really I will say this. He is phenomenal in action. When he's actually given, like, for real stunts to do, he's very good in them. I think The Witcher is a great example of this, which is also, I think, more credit should probably be given to, like, the stunt coordinators and such like a, such a... Wow. Okay. I hey, really Ari, ha- I have
1: a question for you. What? Do you think you have ADHD? <laughs> I have not
0: been diagnosed, <laughs> but I will say...
1: Because we've... This is the first time we've ever gone off task, and I just wanted to, like, <laughs> with you and make sure that uh we're on the same page i
0: think we might why did i say we
1: it's okay my mental illness is that um i'm a white lady with republican parents so (laughs) that's That's my mental no i'm kidding
0: that's not a mental illness That's just my my mental illness is
1: being a former gifted child no i'm just sad all the time it's fine you know that is
0: also a mental illness honey that's called depression (laughs) (laughs)
1: <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> you're funny. I, I am. You're the funny it's, it's, one. I
0: hold on to it so hard.
1: <laughs> anyway, the, the, we 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 are two friends, and this is our podcast. And if you're listening to it, and you've made it this far, Jesus bless you. <laughs> you're a champion. Thank you so much. <laughs> but. Welcome um, to December! And December is a very special month We're watching holiday movies! Holiday romance! Mostly
0: <laughs> Christmas. It's mostly Christmas rom-coms. It
1: is, um, and that's because there aren't really Hanukkah rom-coms. Which is odd. No, it's not. Not that odd. And, you know, uh, we're gonna do a Hanukkah-adjacent movie another yeah. week, so we'll uh-huh. we'll save this discussion about Hanukkah for then, because I don't know if you guys know this, but, like, I'm Jewish. What?! I can talk about Hanukkah. How long? <laughs> I'm sorry I didn't tell you. Sorry sorry for yelling. Anyway, we watched The Ultimate. The Ultimate. It even says it on the DVD cover. The Ultimate Holiday Romantic Comedy. It is, it is not either of those things. We'll figure
0: out how we feel about that. Um, but we watched Love Actually. <sighs> wow. However, before we get into what we think about it, we're we, going to turn to someone.
1: That's right. We will. He's sitting right here. Six feet away. Tiffer. Hi.
2: Hi, Allie. Hi, Mel.
1: Hey, how are you doing?
2: Uh, uh, wait, how are you doing? I do want to know. I'm I'm doing really well, actually. I was uh, <laughs> reorganizing the pantry today. It's <gasps> going really <gasps> well.
1: Yay. Yay! <laughs> well, uh, congratulations on your clean pantry. Mm-hmm. Um, but we have a, a more important matter to discuss with you.
0: Have you seen Love Actually?
2: I have. <gasps> more than once.
0: What?
1: what? This is...
2: Oh my God! So you know what it's about. Yeah, yeah. How how do you feel about Love? Actually, it's it's enjoyable. It's a it's a good time. You know, mm-hmm. it's I haven't watched it in a while, mm-hmm. but I, I I'd watch it again.
0: Wow. Alan
2: Rickman's in it. He's great. Uh, Resident masked.
0: East. We do lo- we do love
2: Alan Rickman. Uh,
0: well, wow. Yeah. This is unprecedented for this
2: segment. I I would say I actually love it. <gasps>
1: Whoa! Oh, Bold God. words! You might feel differently after you listen to us talk about it! No, Very actually, bad.
2: let me take it back because I haven't seen it in a while. <laughs> okay. So I don't know how.
1: No, I'll you can
0: that. still feel however you want to feel, babe.
2: Well, I don't know how I feel, Allie. We're oh. going to tell him
0: how he feels. Because <laughs> that's what you do as a friend. <laughs> exactly. Anyway, this has been Tiffer's Pop Culture Asmos. Ba
1: ba ba all right, we watched Love Actually. We're gonna dive in because there's a lot of bullshit to get into 2003 with this movie. Christmas Richard Curtis film. <sighs> Star-studded cast. Like, there's not, cast. There is not a single bad actor in this movie. No. And, it's, and this movie somehow is, um, in my opinion, garbage. It? Okay. This
0: movie- I'm because, coming in hot! <laughs> here's the thing. I'm not a big Richard Curtis person. I go real back and forth on Richard Curtis, but I don't really care for- He's very British. I might be too American for a lot of Richard Curtis stuff because it's... I don't think anyone talks the way he writes, which is fine for movies. You don't always have to... You can have your own way or your own kind of cadence or whatever as a writer. But I do think he doesn't actually really like women. All of his female characters are like messes. If you're a mother, you're beloved, but like Still kind of a mess, and if you're a girl, your main worries are, does someone want to fuck me? Am I too fat? and that's kind of the whole thing if you're a girl, which is frustrating and um
1: or your purpose is to fall in love
0: w- and it's so and also it's all his shit is there, like, oh, this is just terrible it's this is a Christmas movie that is full of pain and inappropriate work relationships,
1: oh god, we the whole time we watched this movie, we were like. That's inappropriate to say at work, that's inappropriate to do at work, that's inappropriate to say to your boss, that's inappropriate to say to your subordinate.
0: It was just a lot of like, you're at work. Also, I wanna say we're probably gonna not be able to mention everything in this movie because there are about like fourteen different plot lines. Also, uh, we cannot remember there's too much a going single on. character's name. We're gonna use actors' names. Yeah,
1: can't honestly
0: The I- only character's name I remember was because I was so astounded.
1: whose whose name do you remember Carl (laughs) (laughs) why was that man named Carl the only one that I remember is Natalie (gasps) Natalie okay all right
0: let's get into it I will say hot out right out the gate this movie opens at an airport and it opens with a monologue about love that kind of is like mishy mushy, and and it's Hugh
1: Grant's voice who plays the prime minister and immediately it's like after 9-11 and I'm like whoa okay man this movie came out in 2003 and like uh, right at the gate uh, with the 9-11. I mean, listen, this movie does not look on Americans very favorably. No. Uh, which kind of makes a little bit of sense. But yeah. also, like, right after 9-11, chill. It was like,
0: hey, you idiots. Like,
1: 3,000 people were, <laughs> were murdered. Chill. Yeah, chill. Um, but... The, the monologue is uh, love actually is all around and if you ever get sad just go to the arrivals at London Heathrow Airport and there? you'll see people be happy for once and it's like That's also so British
0: where it's like can you imagine being happy? <laughs> this is a Christmas movie where routinely people are like oh island. I just we're routinely in this movie people are like how are you? Terrible. <laughs> Awful. But you know it's Christmas. Happy Christmas.
1: Also, they say Merry Christmas, and I, this may, listen, if any of my European friends are listening, give me a shout out because I'm international. I was under the impression that it's Happy Christmas, not Merry Christmas. Happy Christmas, Harry. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, because as Americans, our only reference for British life is Harry Potter. Because it's all, it's a documentary. It's all real. It's all real. We get it.
0: That It all happened in 1997. That's correct. (laughs) England is a real place. You guys, <laughs> you guys. Uh, England's real all right. So they're one of the many story cut. how are we going to get into this fucking thing? Oh, ok. so there's a wedding with Kieran Knightley and Chwatel Ege four. Chhuatel Ege four is in this
1: movie. He has three lines, grossly underused, also one of the most attractive people in the movie. Oh my, one God. of the best actors in the movie. He's like <sighs> just in terms of like his career. He is one of the best actors. In I have the world.
0: never seen him give a bad performance.
1: No, I think there was. Um, he did the to be or not to be soliloquy from Hamlet, and I saw a video of it. Oh as- no, I saw that too. It's if he does. It's- um, he does the, he
0: does the. Um, uh, now I'm alone. That one.
1: Oh the, yes, yes, yeah. yes. The now I'm alone, which is honestly like a better soliloquy. It is, and when um, he does it, it's like, if you need, if you ever have like an extra minute, do it. Watch it. Do it. Um, but anyway, he is wearing a hot pink dress shirt Why? at his wedding. At his wedding. Karen,
0: his, who is, to Kara Knightley, who I'm certain was like 19 at the time? Okay.
1: Maybe. And Andrew Lincoln, uh, who you may know from The Walking Dead as Rick Grimes, uh-huh. plays his best friend who has been mean to her mm-hmm. uh, consistently. Yeah. And what I think we should do is just go through each of the storylines together as one. Okay. Instead of hopping back and forth. Because if we cut back and forth the way the movie does, we're never going to get to it.
0: I will say this for the movie. It does a pretty good job of cutting back and forth and allowing you to paint. Like, this must have been a nightmare to edit. You know what I mean?
1: Yes, I agree. And I think a lot of the connections are a little tenuous. But Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) But Anyway. anyway, so they get married and they have this wedding, blah, blah, blah. And then Kira Knightley goes to Andrew Lincoln because she's like, listen, you're my husband's best friend. I wish that you liked me because I'm just trying to be nice to you because it's important to me that we have a relationship mm-hmm. because I love my husband and you're his best friend. Yeah. Which is a really sweet thing to say. And, and she's like, hey, I know you filmed at the wedding. Our wedding video came out all weird.
0: Can I, I know you were filming that day. Can I come over and, and just see some stuff? I just want, like... I just would like to have a nice shot of myself on my wedding.
1: Which is a fair thing to ask. Yeah. Um, and then uh, she puts in the VCR of the tape, of the film that he taped, and it's just her. It's he does just... not film Chiwetel at all, and we are meant to believe, oh, he's in love with her and he is a child, because instead of being <sighs> upfront about his feelings, he just treats her like shit. And it's so creepy. It's just this, like, stalker
0: creepy close-ups of her face from far away.
1: Yeah, it's... Let me tell you this. If on my wedding day, my husband's best friend did that, um, guess who we're not being friends with anymore. Yeah. Because that's not okay behavior. No. And, you know, the storyline progresses because Andrew Lincoln is a gallery owner. This will come into play in some of the other stories later. He he is
0: a gallery owner. He's the one
1: who owns the butt gallery.
0: (laughs) Honestly loved that butt gallery. Listen,
1: work of art. A great ass is a terrible thing to waste. Boom. And I'm an ass expert because Greek and Roman sculpture is filled with asses. Mm-hmm. So I think you could call me a badonkologist.
0: I feel like we're not gonna call you. That I if feel I'm like honest. that's
1: my new title. I'm gonna sign all of my professional emails that way. Can I be your ass assistant? Yes and I love that I was like
0: badonkologist fuck off I'm gonna say the word ass <laughs> uh,
1: but anyway anyway um, so later on um, after this he shows tension, up at their house and he it's the famous famous scene where he's got a boombox and he's playing a Christmas carol and he has these signs and the signs basically say like hey tell your husband that it's Christmas carolers this will only take a second And so she does and she says, Oh, it's just Carolers. And the signs say, Hey, I'm in love with you. I've been in love with you. I won't stop loving you. Uh Hopefully we can be together someday. Which is like even more wildly inappropriate. So Grody, he also is Also, like, do you think you could have presented this information before the nuptials? Maybe. Um, and it's so creepy because when he walks
0: away and she runs up after him and kisses him. On the lips what fuck
1: all these people she is the nice guy just trying to live his life during the holidays and his fucking best friend is trying to get with his wife and then his wife thinks it's cute this movie is full of assholes everyone so almost Big, everyone in this movie gaping, is like poopy awful, assholes are awful
0: why would you do that's so horrid
1: it's really manipulative. And it's, and, that's
0: so manipulative. And, and I know creepy. the word
1: inappropriate is going to come up a lot. an unsettling number of times during this episode. Mm-hmm. But it's, it's inappropriate. It's inappropriate. Like, if you... Listen. Here's some advice oh. that you didn't ask for. But, but, but If you have a friend who's in a couple and you're in love with one of the people in the couple.
0: Write a song.
1: You should be honest about your feelings before they get married. And if you don't say anything, you don't get to say anything for the rest of the time that they're married.
0: Agreed. That's on
1: you. That's the rules. That's on you. You don't get to ruin someone's happiness because you were immature.
0: Correct. You write the song Layla. You play for them at a party. You walk up and say, George, I'm in love with Patty. And then she marries you, and then later you divorce because you're a terrible person.
1: And you realize and as Patty that forever. George was the better one all and along George because he truly husband. loved her and let her do what she needed to do. And he was a better and friend died. and
0: supportive person. Yeah. And you remain friends until your death.
1: Sad. Um, Sad. But that's that's one of the storylines. Um, Layla! <laughs> oh, Jesus. Although Eric Clapton's a piece of shit. Anyway. And the next story we're going to talk about is, I think maybe the weirdest one, which is Martin Freeman as like a sex double. Okay.
0: So, okay. So Martin Freeman, and I don't remember the name of the blonde actress. Me neither. So the idea is that they are sort of extras in a movie where they are simulating sex. And so it's sort of the idea of like, maybe like an Eyes Wide Shut type movie or like, you know how in HBO shows how there'll be scenes where it's like, it's just the orgy scene and it's just dozens of extras pretending to have sex with each other and you're like, Wait, none of these people had lines. They all just had to be okay with, like, simulating sex with each other for hours. And so it's about these two actors over the course of, like, a month. Because the movie takes place over, like, a month. The month of December. So Martin Freeman and this lady are, like, pretending to have sex with each other for the movie, and then they're just having, like, awkward British banter back and forth, and eventually he asks her for coffee or something. They have different British accents than what I'm doing right now. What? They're different. Mine, <laughs> that They're different than what I did.
1: I think you have a good British accent. Thank you,
0: but it wasn't accurate to like, um, I, whatever, we're not going to get into it. The point is, they eventually date, and then by the end of the movie, they're engaged. They've engaged. They've known each other a month, two wait, months. Wait, they're
1: engaged? I missed that. Yeah,
0: at the very end of the movie, I when he's she... like, oh, hey, look at my friend. Oh, how are you guys doing? And she's like, ah! <laughs> and shows a shows a ring oh. cuz they're engaged. They've known each other 2 months. And and okay. I mean
1: their story is kind of unremarkable. Nothing really happens except that like it's funny to watch them like pretend it's, to do blowjobs on yeah, each other. Yeah. It's it's the part that's cut out whenever this movie plays
0: on TV. It's their their scenes are entirely cut cuz they don't really affect the plot. And also...
1: They do nothing for the plot. And in also, fact, they're just really, naked. They're, they're no re- there's no reason for their story to be there. They're naked the whole time.
0: So they're, it's always cut yeah. from TV. So there are people who will watch this movie on TV and have no idea Martin Freeman's in the movie.
2: Oh.
0: Uh-huh. So that happens. Anyway, then there's Colin Firth. Colin Firth is a writer. Oh, also, boy. This oh. is Richard... Richard Curtis does this in almost every fucking movie. And it's someone is cheated on... But in a way that is so ridiculous or, like, this would never happen. And it's always someone comes home and is having... They come home
1: unexpectedly.
0: Unexpectedly, and they're talking to either the person they're with or a friend of theirs. And they're like, oh, how... What are you doing here? And then from the bedroom, something loud is like... For example, in this movie, Colin Firth comes home early to his
1: girlfriend? Wife. Wife? Wife. I, it's never confirmed the, the what the woman they are. that he's with who they live together and his brother is there and he's like oh this isn't weird that my brother's just randomly in my house and then
0: from the bedroom my the, the wife goes come here come back here big boy i want you at least twice before he gets back which is like what why would you get you clearly heard the door open why would you not think oh that's my boyfriend colin Firth."
1: Yeah, also like, like you're cheating on him in his house. Are you surprised that he's there? Yeah. It's so weird. Like, like just, it's, I, it's we're just idiots. It, idiots
0: all of them. It's things where no one would actually say that. And it's also I feel I don't know, kinda like it's it's just so you could be like, oh, we can easily get rid of that girlfriend. It's all of his shit seems like, how can we be mad at this woman? <laughs>
1: Yeah, I think um, I agree. And then, you know, he is a writer, so he's like, I'm gonna go to the villa that I rent annually in Marseille. Mm-hmm. So he just fucks off to France uh-huh. to be a reclusive sad writer. Wearing and, a sweater. Uh, listen, Colin Firth can wear the fuck out of a sweater. You said did you say Wawa Weewa? I did. I Wawa <laughs> whoa. Can't the cast. <laughs> Are we going to do our Borat impression? No, we now. have to
0: abort this now. Okay, so.
2: <laughs> you mean abort this?
1: Abort this! Timber with the assist! Very nice! <laughs> Great success! Uh, High five! Anyway, now that that's over. Now that we got um, that taken care of. So Colin Firth is at his uh, French villa, essentially. And <clears they throat> and his... he meets his housekeeper, mm-hmm. who's like, I found you this girl who's going to work for you while you're here. Yeah. She's Portuguese. She doesn't speak English. Uh-huh. Colin or Firth really does... that much French. Yeah. And Colin Firth doesn't speak Portuguese or really that much French. Yeah.
0: And so they have, like, a thing over the course of... However
1: many weeks. Where they
0: like sort of talk, they're essentially saying the same thing to each other but in different languages that they don't understand. Like Colin Forbes will be like, this you don't have to worry about my like a bunch of his pages fall into the to the lake and she jumps in after them. And the whole time he's like, This really isn't worth it. This isn't very good writing. And the whole time she's saying in Portuguese, like, this better be worth it, because they like I'd hate to have jumped in this lake for some terrible writing and
1: Yeah. And it's a little funny, like the funny cute, cute shit thing when like they jump into the lake, sh- they both go, Fuck, it's freezing. Uh-huh. Which uh-huh. I thought was kind of sweet. Which is kinda of cute. Anyway, I think their love story actually is the most believable out of all of these. I because guess. It's like you can one... you can love someone who doesn't speak your language. It just means you have an extra layer of work to do in getting to know them.
0: Yeah. And communicating.
1: Um but eventually, she like goes back to wherever she. Uh, where... I'm not sure where she's from either. She goes back to Portugal, or she's an immigrant and lives in France. Because like, I don't know.
0: And anyway, at one point, he shows up to Christmas at his family's house with presents. Walks in the door and immediately goes, "I have somewhere. I have to go somewhere else." Just leaves
1: the presents. And doesn't like, explain. Bye. And all the kids are like, fuck you, Uncle Colin Firth. Like, why aren't you staying? I hate Uncle Colin Firth. Yeah, like, even though you brought us these beautiful gifts and, like, took time out of your busy yeah. life to be here for the holiday, don't take time for also, yourself. Also, he's going back to his family, like, including his brother who had sex with his wife or his girlfriend? I don't know. But Is I the think- brother there? I, I, we, we we, did not see him. The thing is, here's what's frustrating to me about... That's this. never touched upon again. This is... You no. Know, what's frustrating to me about this movie
0: is it seems to revel in being, like, kind of more painful, real stories, as it were, and it, but it's all still kind of contrived, and it's also never actual, real conversations, like... Uh, frankly, maybe I would watch a. Uh, no, it would stress me out. But like, <laughs> I think I would almost prefer like a Christmas movie where you have to go to Christmas with
1: your brother who cheated, like who slept with your wife. I think that's a whole different movie, though. And they didn't have time. They fit, too, like much. Just they fit too much into this one movie. There are so many goddamn little British
0: conversations where they're just reveling in like the little British banter where everything is just awful and terrible, but it's Christmas. I have to listen to so much of that, and no one has a real conversation. And if I'm going to not listen to a real conversation, I'm American, and I would like that fake conversation to make me feel a little bit better about it being Christmas and people being in love. That's my thesis on this fucking movie.
1: I think that's valid and Thank to you. me as a Christmas outsider it seems kind of like this is stressful. Like, let me know if I'm off base here, but it seems exactly. like it's stressful for you and probably a lot of other people because Christmas is supposed to be yes, like a fun, joyous time for family. Mm-hmm. Um, Which is like, if that's what you do at Christmas, great. Mm-hmm. To me as an outsider, doesn't really seem like that's what Christmas is about it, unless you're religious. Yeah, well it's supposed to be like Christmas is really about love and being
0: together. And it is
1: like that aspect is Oh, tight. is it? Sorry, that was rude. No. That's how I feel.
0: But it's all but it's mostly being like, I'm gonna spend a lot of money that I may or may not have on gifts that they may or may not like. And the whole time I'm gonna be like, I don't know how I haven't seen these people in several months to a year, and I'm so anxious and I don't know what type of person I'm supposed to be around my family.
1: That sounds really stressful. Yeah.
0: And it's a common trope, I want to say. Not trope. It's, like, a common thing for a lot of people in America, especially with Christmas. Yeah,
1: well, Christmas is such a big deal, and it always confused me um, mm-hmm. in terms of, like, how it relates to the professional workplace because I just don't understand why Christmas is so prioritized, and I guess the answer is because we live in a Christian nation. Yeah, it's, uh, we live in a Christian nation that is weirdly not... A Christian nation that's somehow obsessed with the separation of church and state, yet we run into problems like this. Yeah. Here's the thing. If I ask for one of my Jewish holidays off of work, it is expected that I have either the vacation time or the floating holiday, which is just another way of saying vacation time, to take that absence. Otherwise, um, because in America, if you have an unexcused absence, like you're at school, you get in trouble at work.
0: Yeah.
1: um, To fulfill a religious obligation. Whereas on Christmas, if I want to take off for Christmas, that's a paid holiday and I don't have to worry about that. Yeah. Like if I'm scheduled to work, I can give away my shift on Christmas. I can't do that for Passover. I can't do that for Yom Kippur. Mm
0: -mm. It's um, fucked up and biased. And disgusting. And um, we're a Christian nation that doesn't really help anybody. <laughs> well, yeah.
1: I, I mean, we don't have anyway. to get into that. But we like not America is very much is, a Christian nation that thinks it's not a Christian that nation. That thinks it's not
0: a Christian nation. <laughs> we behave as if we aren't, but it influences so much of the way we handle business, the way we handle laws, the way we handle so many things. Even
1: the way we handle school. Even the way we handle school. The reason that Christmas break is when it is is because of... It's Christmas break! It's Christmas break, yeah. Um, and, like, it's not Hanukkah break. Hate to break it to you guys. Hanukkah's not that important of a Jewish holiday in the canon of Jewish holidays. What? The only reason that people think it is is because sometimes it falls around Christmas. The only reason we give kids presents is so that they don't feel left out when they're too young to understand mm-hmm. what Christmas is. Mm-hmm. What Did were we talking about?
0: Love Actually. Okay. So we... Let's get into Emma Thompson and Alan Rickman. Oh. This, oh! This is, ah,
1: this is... This is the, the most painful storyline. This
0: is... There are elements of this that I love because I love Emma Thompson. Emma and Thompson Alan Rickman, should rule the world. I love her so much, and the scenes with her children are very sweet. The scene at the end with the children in the nativity play, I love. It's I love I do love... I love anything about, like, children putting on a, a play. Or a show. I think because I was one of those kids. But also it's so heartwarming to me because kids, are their whole heart is in it. It's cute. It's
1: so cute. But Emma Thompson uh, is married to Alan Rickman. They have two kids. And Alan Rickman works with Laura Linney. And that's another storyline that we mm-hmm. get into. Because we'll get into that later. Laura Linney is the American who's in love with the hot guy Carl that Ali...
0: Why is this motherfucker's name Carl? Do
1: you know what? I don't know. But... Alan Rickman, basically, his storyline is that he's gearing up to cheat on Emma Thompson with his secretary.
0: Who, again, is both, a woman that doesn't exist. She is so She's outwardly. solely there to be hot
1: and to tempt him. She, she has no personality. She was so
0: transparently and, like, overzealous in the way she is flirting with him.
1: And also, like, in a we're, way supposed to no believe, we're supposed to believe that these people have, like, all worked with each other for a long time. Like, that's the vibe that yeah. I got from their little office. And all of a sudden, one Christmas, she's like, "I want to fuck you, Alan Rickman. What? Get me a nice present." So he gets her a beautiful gold necklace. Yeah. And Emma Thompson sees that he's bought. He she looks in his bag
0: and and she, and she sees, sees that it and she's
1: like, "Oh my god! How nice!" He got nice. me. He
0: got me the. He got me
1: this for Christmas, and she's so excited. And then Christmas rolls around, and
0: it's a Joni Mitchell CD because earlier she'd been talking about how much she loves Joni Mitchell.
1: And so he, then she realizes, oh, my husband gave that beautiful necklace to someone else. Someone
0: else.
1: Um, and she has. She listens to
0: Joni Mitchell. CD. The Joni Mitchell. She goes into her room, puts on the CD.
1: Freaks out, Uh gets it together in a second, and Uh then goes back out to take her kids to the Christmas play. And then then confronts out. She goes back out to
0: finish celebrating Christmas with them. And then later they go to the Christmas play.
1: Oh, it's all a blur, but you're right.
0: Later they go to the Christmas play. They watch the children at the show. And as people are getting ready, she goes, Hey, I need to ask you something. What would you do if you found out? And basically it's like, I know. And I don't know.
1: I don't know what the extent of the cheating is, but I know it's happening and I need to know what the play is. And what do you
0: think I'm supposed to do? And Yeah, like if you were me,
1: what would you do?
0: And he's just very sad and they're both just sad around each other.
1: I mean, good. And And then at the end of the
0: movie, like he had been away for a month and then comes back. And it's clear that they are still married, but it's just distant and sad for the rest of their lives.
1: Well, I mean... If someone betrays your trust like that, it kind of should be distant and sad for the rest of your lives.
0: But it's just so... It's just a bummer. And it's like, Merry Christmas! Yeah, it's a
1: huge bummer. Merry Christmas! Huge bummer.
0: And what's weird is, it doesn't even seem like Alan Rickman and that girl have, like, a lot of chemistry. No, it feels she's, like she's purely
1: just, there to be like, oh, thank you, meh. She doesn't talk like a baby, but she might as well have.
0: It's so odd. Um anyway, also at that office is Laura Linney and um Carl. Hot Rodri- Carl. Rodrigo Santoro, who is routinely cast as like the hottest dude in any movie.
1: Yeah. He yeah. was
0: in Charlie's Angels full Throttle. he has no lines.
1: He was the surfer with a scar on his knee. Yes. Who? He
0: also is in Westworld and I only saw the first season of Westworld, but from what I could tell. He plays a robot that frankly deserves better, but is routinely used by everyone going to Westworld to just fuck. Like other robots want to have sex with them. People who work at the park want to have sex with them. People who visit the park are like, I'm going to have sex with that robot.
1: Okay. I have a lot of questions, but I'm not going to get into it right now. So we'll talk about it later.
0: So basically, this dude is like super hot and they like put glasses yeah, on they're him. They're like,
1: we're going to give him rectangular glasses because it's 2003. And they put
0: a sweater on him and they're like, Carl from The Office. And you're like, for sure. Yeah. yeah.
1: <laughs> and Laura Linney is like hopelessly in love with him but her cell phone goes off like every time something happens and we find out that she has a brother who is living in a facility who has Uh some sort of undisclosed emotional disability or challenge. We don't know what it is. We don't know what it is. But he is the one who's constantly calling her and she always answers. And so what ends up happening is is she finally gets Carl to come home with her Uh because guess what? Carl really likes her. Uh. And they are in her, her apartment, which is... Really nice, by the way. It's it was like, like a, a really, really nice like, loft. loft. It was like lovely. Everyone in this in this movie has like gorgeous homes with like really crisp white walls and cool architecture. It's good it's for a lot. You guys. We're happy um, for but you. they're like getting naked, making out, this hot and like, heavy.
0: Not to be rude, but this was like hotter than I remembered. It was like okay, good for you guys. Um, Listen,
1: they were both doing their best. We're happy um, And for then you guys. her phone rings, and, and she, she answers keeps it, answering it, and, and every but time, but she tells, but she tells him like. When she answers it the first time, she, like, explains the situation with her brother. Mm -hmm. And then he's like, oh, well, like, that's your family. That's okay. And then they, like, start doing more stuff. And then he calls again and she answers the phone. And Carl kind of takes that cue as, like, oh, this person's not going to prioritize me right now. Well, also
0: what keeps happening is she always says, no, I'm not busy.
1: Yeah. Which is, like, you're about to fuck hot Carl. You're busy. You're
0: busy. But also what I don't like about this is it's saying that, hey— your loved ones with disabilities will always be a burden to you and are bad. And that's not and it's the like, case. Not the case. Also, at one point, the brother who is an und- undis- undetermined—we don't know what his deal is. We have is. no idea. Just tries to hit her at one point and then doesn't. Also, and then she, it's
1: like nothing happened. And
0: nothing happens, and the movie ends. She's
1: like, "Oh, it's just him doing his thing."
0: And like Carl said, they just say "Good Merry Christmas" to each other, and the idea is like, "Oh, they never."
1: They never get time. to do it because... So
0: it's just sad.
1: It is just sad. And also, like, I think what you said about the message that your family with disabilities is a burden is yeah. is very apparent here. And it's not true. No. And also, it's really frustrating that, like, this is a character who is presented as really, like, shy and mousy and, like, doesn't stand up for what she wants, isn't a good self-advocate. And so I think if they had played up that angle that, like, this woman does not know how to set boundaries. Yeah. That may have been a more interesting angle.
0: But we don't have the time because no, we need to but make also, people feel there's, sad. There's no
1: re- there's the no reason the for the disability to even be there. No. Because the purpose of it is to be like, Laura Linney is so burdened by her brother, she can never have a relationship yeah. with someone. Yeah. She can't... She's so burdened by him, she can't even fuck hot Carl. Yeah. Which is, like, really, really insidious. Yeah, that's right. Like, again, again, the disability doesn't need to be there in the story
0: to make this... She can just have a brother that is... She doesn't An- have boundaries She could have
1: a... Exactly. But also, like, if you do want her brother to have disability, fine. There are tons of people in this yeah. world with disabilities. And, like, you can still have a good relationship with them and have relationships with other people. But it feels
0: like the only reason it's in there is to be like, oh... This burdensome, this problem—it's not like a character or she,
1: yeah. It's and she's just not, a
0: problem for
1: Laura Linney. Yes, and she's not even a caretaker. He no. lives in a facility. Yeah, she visits him. So that is so another, that's sad another one. problematic, stupid Oh, story there's line. also know who I forgot about. Who? Are you ready? No. The the dumb asshole who is like,
0: I'm going to America specifically yes! to fuck.
1: My favorite.
0: <laughs> I hated this.
1: He first is like, he's, he's, just,
0: he's like, you know, what my problem is, is that I fall in love with intelligent English girls and English girls are too stuck up. I got to go to America. They're like my accent over there. And he has a super hot friend who is like, no, I think the problem is that I think it literally says you are ugly and an asshole.
1: Yeah, he said that. <laughs> he's like, the problem is not women in Britain. The problem is that you're terrible. You're not nice. Like, and so his whole thing is like, I'm going to America. And I'm going to bring a backpack full of condoms, mm-hmm. which is the only luggage that he brings. Mm-hmm. He goes to Wisconsin, where no okay, one has a He goes to Milwaukee, Wisconsin, mm-hmm. to a bar on Christmas Eve, and it's three and of like the hottest three. Women. Yeah, it's 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 insane. Alicia Cuthbert is one of them. January Jones is another, and uh, the girl who was the mean girlfriend, and she's all that whose name I don't remember. Wait, no, it's not. That's not the same girl. What? No. She's a different one who
0: they is look- like a mean girlfriend. What? This actress has played a mean girlfriend in other things, but that is not the same girl. What?
1: Okay. Well, they look the same.
0: Yeah. Because- Are you sure
1: they're not the same person? Yes, I am. Okay. Well, I trust you. Um, I disagree, but I trust you.
0: This, so- is, this, is, this is all I... This is all that's in there, Melanie. <laughs> Just people's faces and where we saw their
1: faces. <laughs> You're right, um, but mm-hmm. the 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 joke is essentially that but he's like, right when he got he's to He's right America, about American girls because they're like we're really not it's a, it's, rich and like we like to sleep naked in one bed together in our tiny apartment. Will you come have sex with us? It's immediately like the beginning of some weird porn. It's very much like is our I asked you at one point.
0: Is this a porn? And I'm sure there's a version of it where we say, but immediately they have sex with him and then at the end of the movie, when he comes it's like that month after England. Christmas, he comes back with the roommate we didn't get to see because they're like we when, 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 when wait 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 till you
1: meet Hillary or
0: Harriet or what it's it's the some, name is not important
1: but it turns out to be Shannon Elizabeth who is like a one of hat, the hottest women alive
0: who has a cowboy hat and
1: they have her do a really awful like cowboy accent why from Milwaukee from like, Milwaukee no
0: and then she's like oh and I brought my friend for your friend and in comes Denise Richards who immediately kisses the friend on the mouth and says, I heard you were gorgeous.
1: Also, like, really what? inappropriate to have that be your greeting for someone you don't know.
0: you don't know.
1: What? I do love that they they picked Milwaukee. Yeah. You know, Miliwake, which means the good earth. <laughs> and it's one of the only American cities to have elected three socialist mayors. Wow. Thanks, Alice Cooper. <laughs> so the other storyline that we have to go through is Hugh Grant as the prime minister. Okay, Hugh Grant is the new prime minister. And he's, like, young and fun, and he's gonna, like, do good policies and stand up to America because his first visit is the American president. Played
0: by Billy Bob Thornton. Who does a great job. (laughs) It was so, like, this is how... This is how the world perceives Americans. Just, like like, a mean, authoritative Southern man. Who is a bully... And who's and, gonna try to fuck your secretary? Yeah. Cause that's um, what happens.
1: Yeah. So, the, and
0: whole- the, wor- what's so wild is we can't even be like, no. Yeah. That is not us. What uh. do you mean? <laughs> we have never elected a guy like that multiple times over the course of our American history.
1: Never, never, never. Um, but the point of this story is that. There's a girl named Natalie. I'm not exactly sure what her job function is except that she's like the girl that serves the tea and biscuits. Yes. Uh And she's like a very sweet girl and she's clearly like you know not from a rich family because she curses a lot. She curses a lot she talks like this. Yeah. She's very darling. She's Hello. But but it's effective because we're immediately endeared to her. I was worried I was going to fuck up on my first day. Oh, shit.
0: (laughs) I've gone and fucked it up. I will say I did like her. However, this is what I don't like about it. The whole thing revolves around people calling her chubby and fat.
1: And that actress is neither of those things. She is neither. We
0: see many shots of her body and she is not. She's not.
1: She is not. And even if she were... What? What? Why would that matter? Why would that be a hindrance? Well, that would be the butt of the joke then. But that's a lazy lazy fucking joke! Of course it is. It's lazy humor because instead of casting someone uh, based on that body type even and having that be part of it, they just take someone who's not fat and contribute to this really horrific... uh, Pernicious attitude that women's bodies are never good enough.
0: Yeah. And it's also weird that it was like, we can make as many jokes as we can about a fat woman, but God forbid we actually have to look at a fat
1: woman. Yeah, for real. Like, (sighs) what? Anyway. It's really stupid. So they clearly have like, they kind of like each other. It's very British because neither of them does anything about it, which is also how it should be because he's her boss. Because he's her boss. And he's also, like, the boss of her he, country. He's the prime Technically, minister. Technically, he works for her if she voted, so.
0: Oh, you know what? That's, you're right. But, however. <laughs> so, anyway,
1: the American,
0: beforehand, they're like, we need to be a little bit harder on Blah 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 policies that we have with the Americans. Because
1: the last prime minister
0: was weak. And he's like, no, we can't be too authoritative right out the gate.
1: Yeah, we have to play nice before we can play hardball. And
0: then he catches the um American president like flirting and clearly making Natalie uncomfortable. And yeah, she, he's like, making
1: a pass at her. Like yeah, he's he walks back into the room with creepy. them. And he's like standing and like touching her, and yeah. she's clearly upset and uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. And it's like a very British, like someone—the oh, Eddie Izzard joke of yeah. someone just opening doors oh. and going, oh, "Oh, I, oh, oh, oh." Um, Billy Bob um, is like, "Yeah, I did it. Suck my and dick." And so
0: then they go back out to give like a to, press conference. A press conference, and Billy Bob's like, "Sounds like we're all good. I got what I wanted." And then Hugh Grant makes kind of a speech of like, "No."
1: Americans are bullies. Like, he straight up is like, we will not be bullied. And we cannot call ourselves friends and we cannot say that everything's good because you're a bully and you tried to kiss my girlfriend. But here's the thing. He does not change his stance on this policy because it's the right thing to
0: do or because it's good for his country. No, he does it it because because of a petty personal personal
1: reason. They were
0: mean to the girl he likes. Fuck you. Like,
1: if you're an elected official in a democracy Mm -hmm. where the people choose you to have an office, Uh and your salary is paid by taxes, then you are beholden to uphold the laws and attitude and uh, protect what your constituency wants as an elected official. And that's why this is so, like, it's glossed over, like, yeah, good job. Because he did what they wanted him to do anyway. But he did it for the wrong reasons, which means that he's always going to be a bad president or prime minister, excuse Uh me. Because he doesn't think logically and he doesn't put what's best for his country first. He puts what he wants and what his little pee-pee wants first. Yeah? He's a little pee-pee president. <laughs> a little he, pee-pee prime minister.
0: I'm sorry. He's English. It's not It's not called a little pee-pee. It's called the peoples. <laughs> <laughs> the peoples member. Uh, meat and two veg. My twig and berries. What are they calling in Britain? A willy. Oh, I hate that. <laughs> I hate that.
1: I've not anyway, seen my Willie in no, two years. No,
0: we gotta leave. We gotta end this <laughs> right now. <I'm> sorry. <laughs> is, it,
1: is it not time for my fat bastard impression? No, I will let you know. <laughs> okay. So uh, we didn't like that story, but it all converges because Natalie quits and he's like, oh, I need to find Natalie. He goes knocking on all the doors, finds her, ends up going to the school Christmas show with her because her nieces and nephews are performing in it. And then Um, also, his sister is Emma Thompson, and she sees him like, oh, you came to
0: see your niece? I miss you so much. She's also sad because she just found out that her husband is cheating on her.
1: And she wants to hang out with her brother, who Mm -hmm. happens to be the prime minister, and he's like, yes, that is the reason why I'm in here. Because of my family. I'm not going to make out with my former employee backstage. Mm -hmm. But they do. And they they are revealed...
0: Because the curtain falls down and everyone sees them kissing. And,
1: and then they just smile and wave. And, and then Alan at the end of the movie, away.
0: he comes back at, at, to the airport. Because it's like a month later. And she runs through and she jumps and kisses him. Which I said while we were watching. I went, that's unprofessional. And
1: again, went, But again, she doesn't work for him anymore. But I
0: think it's unprofessional. He works for her! No, this is why I think it's unprofessional of him. You have to walk through the airport. You know they're all going to be there. You're going to do your little wave. And then in private, you can, like, hug your loved one or whatever. Also, you shouldn't, if you fall in love, it should be for queen and country.
1: (laughs) I disagree. If you're the prime
0: minister, we have elected you. Should you want to fall in love, parliament will have a vote.
1: (laughs) Wait, can you imagine everyone in the fucking House of Lords and House of Commons voting on who the prime minister gets to love? Mm -hmm. They're all wearing those stupid wigs. Yeah, we said they're stupid.
0: There's so much more of this goddamn fucking movie. Yeah. there's So
1: let's talk about Liam Neeson and the little boy. Oh, that's right. So Liam Neeson plays uh, this child's stepfather. Mm -hmm. His wife has
0: just died. Just passed away.
1: Like the premise of their story is that they have to learn to have a relationship because the boy's biological mother has died. We don't know where his father is. So Mm -hmm. he's got his stepdad has custody. Yeah. And this poor little boy, the whole vignette is is him not dealing with his grief because Liam Neeson's like, God, I miss your mom so fucking much. And he's like, yeah, that's fine. But I'm in love and love is agony. And yeah. you're like, excuse me, you're like 10.
0: Also, he's like, I'm in love with a girl named Joanna, which was his mom's name. Like he even says, yeah, that's the same name as mom. And they're like, oh boy.
1: Yeah, okay. Anyway, he the girl is a little singer, so he learns how to play an instrument. He to played, like, learns to play drums to be in the band performing mm-hmm. the Mariah Carey Christmas song. They say,
0: all I want for Christmas is you. Thank you.
1: And he's
0: doing the drums. And at the end, she goes, all I want for Christmas is you. And she points to him. And he's like, <gasps> and then she goes, and you, and you. And is like pointing to everyone. And he's just like angrily drumming. And he like goes to Liam Neeson. And he's like, fuck it. Love is dead. I don't give a shit. She doesn't like me. Now I have to finally deal with the fact that my mom died. But, and Liam Neeson says, not yet. We're going to the airport. And to- you're
1: going to you're gonna break the law and run through the airport. So it's this child running. And remember, this is post 9-11. This mm-hmm. is what this is supposed to be. Post 9-11, this lone child is running
0: through an airport being chased by security. And he then he goes,
1: sees-, sees Joanna, doesn't get to see her, goes back out, gets escorted back out. She comes back out and is uh-huh. like, thanks and gives him a little kiss on the cheek and it's very sweet it is and meanwhile Liam Neeson his big joke is like the only celebrity I'd leave your mother for is Claudia Schiffer because he's, like, obsessed with it for some reason. That was a great Liam Neeson, honey. Thank you. And then
0: Claudia Schiffer plays a
1: mom at the, at school, the school. Which is, I thought that was kind of cute. It was fun. But also, like, your wife died a month ago. Your wife
0: died a month ago. Like, you
1: deserve to be happy and also find love after that. But she died a month ago. She died so a maybe a month cool ago. It A
0: little bit. A month ago.
1: Like, respect the dead and the fact that you have her child. Yeah, he also
0: makes a joke to the child, like, if Claudia Schiffer walked in here.
1: You'd have to leave the house because we'd have to have sex in every room, which is like, you shouldn't say that to a 10-year-old. Don't say year that old. to a kid. Don't say that to a 10-year-old, Liam. I like, also, I would love if the kid was like, this is my house.
0: My mom is dead.
1: <sighs> you uh, you can't relate to that.
0: I can't relate. <laughs> my totally alive mom. <laughs>
1: <laughs> uh, so that's the Liam Neeson story, um, and then the last one it's is very upsetting because like, all just, of these stories are sad as they shit. are um, And then the last story is Billy Nye, who Bill plays Nye. Bill Nye the Science, not the science guy, a different Bill Nye, different Bill Nye. Um, plays like an, an aging, aging rock star, <laughs> and his whole thing is that he's got this this song that he re-released for Christmas to try and like. Make it Be number popular one. Again. And he's and mean to his manager. His manager, whose name I do remember, it's Joe, because the whole joke is my fat manager, Joe, which is like, Joe's only doing the best for you in your career, yeah. motherfucker. Show some respect. He's being
0: very mean. Anyway, the song gets to number one, and he leaves an Elton John party to come back to spend time with Joe and let him know that, like, I was thinking about how on Christmas we spend it with people we love, and I realized that I love you. And it's supposed to, it's not love, like, there's a joke of, like, you spend one hour at Elton John's and you're already gay. Um, <laughs>
1: Which is like, whoa, buddy. Oh, boy. But, it's,
0: uh, but it is kind of nice that it's, like, love can be shared between two men. There, there can be intimacy and a friendship, and it's not necessarily romantic or sexual. And that was kind of nice. I think Um,
1: that's the failed thesis of this film: is that you know you can have intimacy and love between different people who aren't necessarily in love with each other. Um, This movie does not, but it it does that very unsuccessfully. And one thing that we haven't talked about yet that I think needs to be said is that at least in two of the stories, Mr. Bean, Rowan Atkinson (gasps) makes an appearance. Yes, magical Rowan, Uh um, my queen, the real queen, if you ask me. I
0: love that. I didn't know before this that you loved.
1: I would Merle die Jackson
0: for thing. Mr. Bean.
1: I would die for Mr. Bean. He's fucking funny. I feel like you would
0: die because he would create a scenario where through some slapstick. Oh, I would fully die in a Mr. Bean. You would fall would, through yep. like a f- floorboard or yep. something.
1: I would fully die in a Mr. Bean film. Um, um But that being said... He's in the Alan Rickman Emma Thompson story because he plays, you know, a retail worker, and he's like beautifully gift wrapping the necklace for Alan Rickman. And the gag is that like it seems like he's stalling because Alan Rickman's like, "Yeah, gift wrap it, but I need it before my wife comes because I'm cheating on her, and this necklace is not for her." Mm -hmm. And then the second time when he shows up is at the airport with Liam Neeson, and he creates a diversion so our our young hero can run through security yeah. and make his own. on And originally he was
0: going to be throughout the movie as like a magical Christmas dude. Father Christmas. But I think they cut it because it was too many things and also it would have seemed a little too contrived or like Christmassy. That feels a little more American that there's like a Santa or a Father Christmas or something.
1: Maybe, um, but I think also this this film could have stood to have some of the stories cut.
2: <laughs> especially
1: the Martin Freeman story, because it didn't add anything. Didn't. I would have loved to have seen more Mr. Bean in this movie. I mean, I know he's not playing Mr. Bean. It's Rowan Atkinson. He's not only Mr. Bean. But I I thought he was just delightful, and I kind of wish that we saw more, not necessarily as, like, a Father Christmas or a Santa-type figure, but just as, like, a guy who happens to be in all these situations who, like, I don't know. I thought yes. this film could have stood to be livened up a little bit yeah. by something a little bit magical because everything else was so sad. It's very sad. Like, this movie is not a romantic comedy. No. It says it's a romantic comedy. I fully do not believe it's a romantic it's comedy. It's several
0: very painful stories. It's a
1: tragedy.
0: Um, But also, it doesn't give you that, like, ooh, drama feeling where you watch, like, a sad thing and you're like, well, ooh, yeah.
1: I agree, and I think it's because none of the stories are long enough yeah. because they're just trying to fit so much into this one movie mm-hmm. that no character really has time to grow. And the only kind of development we see is what the actors give to it. It's not at all written into the film. No. It's what the charm that each individual actor brings to the table mm. can do. Well said, but
0: I do think we should get to our
1: the important questions, questions,
0: which is, um, was this movie
1: romantic? No. Was it sexy? Absolutely not. What do huh. you think? I, I, I would agree. Um, Definitely, would you recommend this movie, Allie?
0: No. <laughs> I didn't like this movie. It made me mad. And it, it frustrated me. And it made me feel like, am I just too American for this? But I don't think that's true because there's plenty of other British stuff where I'm like, <gasps> Britain! Or whatever. I think I like different British shit.
1: I don't think we're too American for this because I think, first of all, wasn't this film rushed in post-production to like be marketed to an American audience? <laughs> what was to get to Christmas. Okay, yeah. So I I don't think this is too British for us. I think it's trying, it's trying to do too much in a in a limited space. Mm-hmm. Number one. Number two, the thesis is unsuccessful. Uh, number three, it's marketed. For Christmas, which basically means international, which is my understanding, especially if it's a successful movie in the UK, it'll yeah. do a lot of business in the United States mm-hmm. if it's marketed correctly. Well, oh, this movie
0: made a bunch of money and that's why we have all those movies that are like Valentine's Day,
1: New Year's Day, Mother's Day, St. <laughs> like, Patrick's Day, Leif like, Erickson Day, uh, like either, Tax Day. Yeah. Can l- you imagine if they made a movie called Tax Day? No, I don't want to see that. I would. I would watch it. I don't want that. I want it to be a dark comedy with no romance. I want. I want. I would watch Tax Day. I want someone. Allie, should we write Tax Day? What if we write it and it's the greatest romance of our generation?
0: Um. For, um. <laughs> I can't even formulate what that would be. <laughs> Like, my brain truly just, it was like, it was like an empty cubicle.
1: (laughs) Listeners, we, okay. Uh, You've stuck with us this long, so now we need you to weigh in. Go on our Instagram or our Twitter at HellNoCast. You can email us, HellNoCast at gmail.com. Would you watch Tax Day? Yes or no? Question one. Question two, should we write Tax Day?
0: I mean, of all the things, once again, Tax Day is giving us more work that we don't ask for or understand. <laughs> weigh oh. in. We, we, I, we do want to hear you weigh know in.
1: I want to hear this because what if
0: we... It, it wouldn't what if we hard. do?
1: What if this is our claim to fame, not our podcast, but Tax Day? <laughs> She's an accountant.
0: And she... Wait, I just realized that's already a movie. That's, She's
1: an accountant. No, that's
0: Stranger Than Fiction. What? He's a tax guy, and Maggie Gyllenhaal didn't pay her taxes, so he goes to see her, and then they fall in love.
1: No, that's not that's not the direction I want to go in. Okay. Would you date anyone in this movie? Chiwetel. Yeah, absolutely. 100%. Um, Would you? Chiwetel, yeah. I do
0: like Colin
1: Firth. Hmm. I I don't think of him romantically, though. I think of him as like, he reminds me of my dad. Oh, you know how certain characters like Billy Crystal reminds you of your dad? Yeah. Colin Firth kind of reminds me of my dad. I see. I get it. Yeah, get you've it. met my dad. You you get it.
0: Now I now I don't feel whatever I felt for Colin Firth. Sorry. It's okay. I'm fine with it actually.
1: Now that we've talked about love, actually, I have a very important question for you. Okay. And that is the question. Fuck Mary Kill. Yes. All right. <sighs> Whew, there's a lot to choose from here. Fuck, Mary, Kill. Andrew Lincoln. Mm-hmm. As the char- are these as the characters? Yes. Okay. I, we just don't know their names. We have no idea what they are. As names the characters are. Andrew Lincoln, uh-huh. uh, Bag of Condoms guy. Bag of Condoms guy. And I'm going to go Rowan Atkinson. Okay. I don't love this. This was intentionally hard. This was
0: intentionally not cool. Do. <laughs> do you feel attacked? I don't feel great. <laughs> I don't I'm going to kill the bag of condoms guy because Correct. if you show up you're going to get mugged and attacked. Like this should have been taken but with a dumb British guy. Okay. So that um we're killing him. I'm gonna I'm gonna marry I don't wanna do this.
1: You say that every week.
0: Uh I would marry Rowan Atkinson because he'd be nice to me and we'd have like we'd be like separate lives, kinda. But I feel like he'd be very kind to me. Um and um I guess I'm fucking Andrew Lincoln.
1: Oh, you know what? I think that's the play, though. I agree I, right? with you. That's, that's the only possible outcome for this situation. That's the only
0: one. Yeah. Ooh, I got one for you. Okay. We got Alan Rickman. We got Hugh Grant. And we got Carl. <laughs> <laughs> why was that man's name Carl? We had to watch several scenes of bullshit. We had to watch so much garbage, and we didn't get a single
1: scene that explained why that guy's name was Carl. Okay. I would marry Alan Rickman. I would kill Hugh Grant. Mm-hmm. Who cheats on Elizabeth Hurley? Fuck you. Ooh, they're still like best friends. Gross. Um, I would never be best friends with someone who cheated on me. Didn't he really cheat on her or were they just
0: just not compatible? I thought he cheated on her. He didn't. They just, you know what it was? He was annoying. I saw an interview and they were like, did it end because of the lack of sexual chemistry? And she went, no, he just really started to annoy me.
1: Oh well, you know what? Then I take back what I said because I was always under grumpy. that impression.
0: He's notoriously grumpy. That's why.
1: Oh oh damn! If he's grumpy, then I might like him. But no, you know what? We're talking about Prime Minister Hugh Grant. So I stand by my mis- by my decision to kill him. <laughs> <laughs>
0: and... We have an important decision as Americans. <laughs> I've
1: made an important decision, mm-hmm. uh, decision and I guess I would fuck Carl. Fuck Carl, yeah. We saw him in his underwear. Carl's packing. I, I did not notice that. I did. If you're going to wave your dangatang around in front of me, I'm going to look at it. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to touch it because gross, uh, but I'll look. Mm-hmm. I'll look and I won't be upset or shy about it. Because mm-hmm. if you're waving it in my face, what else am I supposed to do?
0: I, I always look up or like at their face or at the ground or away. And I remember because I don't want to be rude, and the problem is I've done that also well in sexual encounters with young men, and it turns out that's not the move. <laughs> turns out that's the one time they're cool with you looking at their genitalia.
2: I feel but like I didn't they're wanna always, be rude,
1: like the straights. They're always cool. With I was like, oh. at it. I like too often. I've been
0: like, I'm gonna look at your eyes, and they're like, this is not the point. This is, I'm honestly okay if you don't make eye contact in this <laughs> moment. <sighs> Anyway, um, Merry Christmas, everybody. Um, sure. This Whatever. has been You Had Me at Hell No, the first in our Christmas episodes.
1: Yes. And mm-hmm. uh, stay tuned for the rest of December for more holiday-themed romance. Mm-hmm. Follow us on social media. Again, we gave our Insta and Twitter handles at HellNoCast. You can also find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and Spotify, as well as our website, HellNoCast.com. hmm And... If this chaotic, I don't, what would you characterize this as? Because we're very chaotic, but. Um, I would say. Like, what's our alignment? What's our podcast alignment? Because we're definitely not good. We're
0: not neutral. I think we might be good. Are we evil? No. I might be. No. No. We're, um, I know what we are. We're ourselves. At the end of the day, (coughs) isn't that what we all want?
1: No. To be ourselves? No.
0: Don't we all want to be accepted and
1: loved? I'm just saying no to be contrary at this point. So I would have to say that we're probably chaotic neutral. Yeah. Yeah. Um, We're definitely not lawful. No. Uh, and for those of you who don't know, that is a Dungeons and Dragons reference. I feel a like game that I played for the first time recently. Which seems odd for you. It but does. Also,
0: I do want to say that I feel like our audience would know <laughs> Dungeons and Dragons.
1: That's fair.
0: Anyway, thank you for listening. Um, we appreciate you listening. If you liked it, tell, us, tell your friends about us. Share it. We appreciate it.
1: Yeah, leave us a like, a five-star review. Anything that you can do to spread the good word will help. Ooh. Spread the good word, my dear. Have you heard the good news? It's
0: Christmas. If you look up in the stars, you can see Father Christmas on his sleigh.
1: And everybody's in love. Isn't Christmas grand? Isn't it wonderful to be in love at Christmas? Father Christmas is making a stop at Heathrow. And then after that, he's going
0: to your house, where you're living with Grant. Your parents are dead. <laughs> but you might get a good little biscuit, because you are a good orphan. Unfortunately, the witches are also about.
1: A Christmas witch. <laughs> That's a movie I would watch.
0: It has to be a movie. But this has been You Had Me at Home, though. I've been Allie. And
1: I've been Mel.
0: And uh, thank you. Love you. Bye.
1: Bye. You Had Me at Hell No was recorded in Scoundrel and Scamp Theater in Tucson, Arizona. And Allie and I just want to thank the theater for allowing us to record there. Special thanks are also in order to Tiffer Hill, our engineer, for putting up with all of our shenanigans and making us sound fabulous. As well as Bella Vanek and Lucille Petty for our theme song. Thank you, Bella and Lucille. Yeah.